I thought long and hard about whether to name names or whether to change the names for anonymity. The stories I share are not about calling anyone out. Mindful that own words and stories could be shared another time and place. Yet the stories I'm about to share are real, reflecting various chapters of a time and in this place, in the same way that stories will be told about all of us. We know we are never to judge, though we are called to speak truth, to repent, to forgive, to love, beyond the walls and fences, and to strive for respect, dignity, and justice for all people of God. Educated at Kent, Yale, the University of London and Munich, and at Virginia Theological Seminary, and having worked as a newspaper reporter in Washington and New York, his book, Can't You Hear Me Calling, is the story of the very Reverend Lawrence Carter's ministry here at St. John's Church in the Hoover Adams neighborhood in LA in 1968. Reverend Carter served this parish during an era when neighborhood went from being white and affluent to being mostly black and Mexican-American. Today, we would describe this dramatic change in racial composition of a neighborhood as a result of white flight, even if it was not his perspective back then. While Reverend Carter was the one who supported racial integration, the use of the word Negro in his book is difficult to read and even harder to accept. I would characterize Reverend Carter's time with St. John's, John's as a vibrant. During his tenure, the church grew in size and strength. He opened the first of 14 health clinics for low-income families, care provided by volunteers on behalf of the church. He secured housing for people living with mental illness. He kindled strong working ecumenical partnerships with other communities of faith. He baptized, married, buried, and cared lovingly for many people and described a church with struggles not unlike our own. But on this Pride Sunday, I confess and lament his description of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, queer, questioning, intersex and asexual, the LGBTQIA community. While well, we might rationalize this description by saying that Reverend Carter was a man of his time, this does not excuse the harm and suffering that his teachings and beliefs inflicted or the beliefs he condoned about people born in the beautiful and loving image of God. Listen closely to his writings. Homosexual and prostitute 
constitute problems in our society. The former usually do not want to be helped and seem to revel in the fact that they are different. They are generally paranoid in terms of their position via the straight world. They are also often sorry for themselves and usually they come to the minister, they come to the minister when the lover has deserted them or when there is real danger of exposure that would jeopardize their job. Police activity in this subculture only seems to aggravate the unpleasant symptoms of the abnormality. They all need help, but few seek it except as palliative in terms of stress. In my experience, only a few are willing to undergo the agony of, of, agony of depth analysis. The few in my experience who have and had the courage to do this have emerged healed, redeemed, and useful members of society. Sometimes they have married happily, and sometimes not. Prostitutes, on the other hand, offer a somewhat more honest and wholesome situation. For many, it is a completely satisfactory way of life. Few operate without a protector in the form of a pimp. And he continued. Written over 50 years ago, in a different time, I remain speechless today. And I cannot, nor I will not accept or be silenced about this past. We cannot. There is a more encouraging chapter of our cathedral history that I will share in a moment, but let us not fool ourselves. There is still much work to be done in this church, our state, country, and the world for there to be equity and for all people to live freely and for us to celebrate how we all were created. Tragically, Homeland Security reports that among the greatest threats for domestic terrorism are acts of violence against the LGBTQIA community. We know also that human rights for this community are being politicized and weaponized as a way of garnering support for elected officials. And big businesses are in on both sides of equity, both for and against. On the local level last week, the simple act of sharing a book about different types of people and families triggered protests and an eruption of ugliness and hate. At the core of Jesus' ministry was the unconditional love and acceptance of people who found themselves cast out of religious, social, and political circles for various reasons. Without scientific understanding and knowledge, some conditions were believed to be the result of God's wrath and punishment, while other people lived with conditions that caused great suffering. Others worked jobs and lived as a result of systemic forms of oppression and discrimination. Jesus loved them all. 
Jesus loves all of us. Not all of our words and behaviors, but love the God within, the very essence of our being. In this morning's gospel, Jesus not only eats with tax collectors and sinners, he calls these men and women to follow him. Jesus teaches that we are the ones he came to save by God's love, mercy, and grace. One can also imagine that if Reverend Carter had not committed himself to racial integration and to the sport of leaders who were black, the people of St. John's might not have called very Reverend Warner Cranham in 1982 as their first black dean of this cathedral. During Reverend Cranham's time and among his many accomplishments as an intellectual powerhouse and a compassionate pastor would be the holy union, celebration and blessing of a same-sex couple in May of 1999, long before the Episcopal Church would recognize and permit this sacrament. But before this bold act of love, Reverend Trainum would stand for equal opportunity and justice and lose his job as Dean of the Tucker Foundation at Dartmouth College for discerning the moral and ethical call to advocate on behalf of homosexuals as we were called in the day. Reverend Cranham attended Dartmouth as an undergraduate when it was predominantly a white college. After he would study at Oxford and attend Virginia Theological Seminary, he would serve as the Associate Dean of Harvard as an Episcopal priest before returning to Dartmouth as the dean. There he would serve the first administration, his first administration, with support of his college president. But then he would lose his distinguished position under the leadership of the second president with whom he worked. While at Harvard, Reverend Trainum would begin writing religious tracts, theological writings on various topics that would be distributed widely to proclaim the word of God. At Dartmouth, he would write tracts on issues of equal opportunity for blacks, same-sex relationships, and women, among other topics. In his own words, the most popular tract he ever wrote was an exegesis on the moral and ethicality of homosexuality in the Bible, and he offered his support to the gay community. While it is not perfectly clear if this track was the sole reason he was fired from Dartmouth, the underlying issue was Reverend unwillingness to adopt the social and cultural positions held by the college president. There were, of course, many factors that supported Reverend Cranham in his academic study and theological understanding of his prophetic voice, different from the time and context when Reverend Carter lived but each man took a stand and acted upon their understanding of God's call to us. So my friends in Christ, what will they say about us 30 or 50 or 75 years from now? How will we proclaim God's radical love of people who have been cast out or who suffer from unjust systems 
that exist in this world. As a people and nation, we have made great strides towards justice in some areas. But as we have our acknowledged right now, those rights and progress are being challenged. Within the gay community, I believe we have, I think we believe that our transgender siblings are the ones at greatest risk. But in general, simply being is no longer safe. I give thanks to the people of John who are able to proclaim our love and support for the LGBTQIA community for your willingness to be discomforted by moving a service that invited conversation about what is most important. In the progress, in the process of discerning whether we could show up and walk with our pride community, we also learn more about our own health, well-being, and needs. This said, let us never rest too comfortably in our own privilege, that we fail to show up for one another. And more importantly, the people who we do not even know, who might need us the most, those who find themselves on the outs. I want to believe that the Reverend, the very Reverends Carter and Trainum would be in full agreement on how we are called to lead today. Before his opening remarks at the wedding, Reverend Trainum invited the people to sing a professional hymn written by Holly Near many years ago. Let me share a few stanzas. We are gentle, angry people. We are singing, singing for our lives. We are a land of many colors. We are singing singing for our lives. We are gay and speak together. We are singing, singing for our lives. We are young and old together. And we are singing and singing for our lives. Let us stand and sing for love and justice and life dear people of God, how will we be remembered? Amen. <laughs>